Welcome to the Proudly Imperfect podcast with your host, me, Courtney Wallbank, aka the Grow and Glow Coach, bringing you realness you can relate to, real conversations, real people, and I'm sure there'll be real fuck ups along the way. This is about accepting yourself for the hot, steamy mess you are and embracing your incredible imperfections. Subscribe if you love it, and I hope you like today's episode. Hello, my loves, and welcome to today's episode. So I met today's guest through my coach within a mastermind. And honestly, she did like a little training. Well, it wasn't little. It was incredible. A training and she was amazing. So I was like, right, I have to get her on the podcast for you guys. She's literally the queen of self-love, body empowerment, all that jazz. And as you guys know, I'll be really excited to get her on and get stuck into this conversation due to my own kind of journey with appearance anxiety and how I used to view myself and body acceptance. Like those who have been in my world for a while know my story there. But if you don't, we're probably are going to touch on it today with everything. So please welcome the beautiful self-love Lydia, (laughs) coach, mentor, podcast host, and you're psychotherapist now, aren't you? You can finally say that. I am. I am officially Amazing. a qualified creative psychotherapist. Which Love is that. Exciting. Well, welcome yeah, to the podcast. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm good. I'm excited for this chat. I know that we've been trying to rearrange it for a while or arrange it. So it's so nice that we finally get to come on and discuss all of these things. So I'm excited. I'm excited. I know. I, I, you know what? My The last couple of podcasts recently, I don't know what it is. It we've had to like rearrange a lot. I don't know if it's because mo like a couple of my guests have, have been in the UK like the past couple mm. of weeks, and it's like getting up at six, rearranging. It is hard with the time difference sometimes, but you hear. So I'm excited. <laughs> Me too. I'm so, excited. I want to start off with. I normally have a bit of a noser on guests on mm-hmm. Instagram and just like have a feel for the journey and the the first thing I want to say is I scrolled back and the difference I don't know what it doesn't even seem that long ago it's like you went through something and you feel <laughs> you look and your energy is just so much more freer as if you've like come home to yourself a little bit. Like, mm. you know, when you start off this journey on Instagram, it's like, I don't give a fuck what people think. I'm going to start posting. I don't care what they think. But sometimes there's a little part of you that still does does care. You say you don't, mm. but you do. And then it's like another layer comes down. And you can, you can mm. so see when you scroll through that like you just... Your energy is completely shifted. Do you feel that? Because you can see it. Yeah, that's so nice. I'm curious where you scrolled up to as well. Like, so where scrolled, did you get up to? I scrolled like quite far back, like when you was like fitness, okay. but... Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I love it because I like to get a feel and then ask about it. I'm not like some weird stalker. Um, but I, what I'm talking about is even from the business when you was like dipping into business to mm. I feel like maybe when you was in Bali I don't know what I feel like something happened and you just look freer and feel freer like recently yeah, you know, yeah and you know what it is it's just coming like back into alignment so 
the last year for me has been a lot it's but it's it's also been a lot in terms of like the goals that I had so mm. you know I was doing the masters last year finishing yeah. that off and then I was working towards this goal to emigrate to California and then like so that was all consuming and then I done that and I got over there and that this big dream that I'd worked towards for so long and like it didn't work out and essentially what I realized is I was very much in my masculine energy I was hyper-independent, I was in a masculine, I was just very much doing, 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 working towards goals. This shift that you see is an embodiment of the feminine. It's just coming home. It's a softness, it's an openness. And it's and Bali allowed me to lean into that because Bali was a place where I was like, okay, I'm going to commit to my healing. I'm going to commit to working through all this trauma that I'm carrying because of like all of these different experiences. I'm going to truly dedicate this time to coming back home to me, whoever this version of me is. I also transitioned into my 30s. So I feel like that's a big transitional phase for a woman anyway. And it's just, it's the divine feminine. She's running through me so much now. And I'm just like, oh, like, this is so nice. But everyone says to me, you're so different. And like, I feel like this is your time. And I truly believe that this whatever is about to come is my time but I also feel like really deserving of it and I'm like I'm in the right space in my life to be able to welcome everything that's about to come whatever that is because I don't Mm. know what that will be you know what it's so strange so I've had I've had three recordings this week and Mm -hmm. for, for the podcast and yesterday we literally opened not intentionally with the same kind of thing so she was do do doing in a business and as soon as she changed that she, her whole life changed literally her whole life mm. changed her whole business changed her love life changed and it just goes to show like it's not bullshit like if you are just focused on your goals and you're you're too busy kind of like you say just do do doing and you forget to kind of step back pause and step into that like you're never going to feel fully yourself and if people can visibly see it I can't imagine what you're feeling on the bloody inside. I know, it's wild, but it is, it's so, it's so beautiful. And I think, I think especially on social media now, women are very much in the masculine, but then you'll see a lot of content around the feminine. And a lot Mm. of content that you're seeing is people pulling back, people being soft, people being gentle. And it's really contrasted with this, masculine go and get your goals six-figure businesses all of these different Mm. things and for me like the feminine is just simply like but I none of that feels like mine anymore I don't I don't know what's mine actually today I've done like a full session around my business but it's just always coming back to that question of what like feels good in my body now for me to do like what direction despite what everybody else is doing and for me who's the person who set the goal and then is thinking about the next goal like done the masters thinking about the phd um and for me to come out of that and pull away from that was hard but it's been the most like beautiful liberating embodied sensual (laughs) just like (laughs) powerful liberating experience and journey and i truly believe that it it had to happen i believe that everything i went through like the past couple of months because it's been a a hard hard couple of months I believe it all had to happen and I'm like okay like now we're in the light so I have this saying of 
you have to learn to dance in the dark to appreciate the light. It's been a sign that I've had for years with my work. Um, and anytime I go through a period where I feel like I'm dancing in the dark, I'm like, the light's going to come. And now I'm like, oh, oh, now I'm in the light now. Okay, let me bask <laughs> in this. So it's so nice. I love that. I love how you've like, that's beautiful how you've put that. Amazing. So obviously we've mentioned a few things there. So fitness industry, business, the last couple of months, yeah. I didn't even know, like, where did you go? California. Yeah. Like that's mental. I want to know your journey. <laughs> I want to know. And it sounds like a bloody, uh, but it's, it's good because I think like listeners and people in general, like it's really good to know that it's not always this, right? I'm going to do this and it's going to be this straight path and we're going to get there. Like, it's not like that. <laughs> so no. yeah, I want to know how you've got to to where you are now. You know, my journey is super interesting because it's, it's wasn't, I was never meant to end up here. Like, I don't know where I was meant to end <laughs> up. But the thing with my journey is like, it's all being intuitive and guided by, what I'm doing in that moment so I've never had a, a goal I've never been like I want to be a psychotherapist and I want to be a coach it's just intuitively happened so my work started working in the criminal justice system so I was 21 I done a criminology degree and I went straight into working in the criminal justice system I worked with high-risk male offenders I worked with female offenders in custody in the, in the community domestic violence victims okay. everything and it was in that work that I was obviously surrounded by like trauma, working with people in high risk situations, like helping women understand why they were committing crimes. So mm. you see when you look back that even though I was in the criminal justice system, I was still doing all of these things. I was doing workshops with women in prisons around emo- understanding your emotions, around why they do the offending behavior. I was helping women in domestic violence situations with emotional support. So I've always been doing this just in a different way. Mm-hmm. So I got my dream job at 25, which was in the probation service. I want, I was like, that's it. I'm going to work my way up. This is what I want to do. And I quickly realized that it wasn't for me. It was stressful. I was taking things home that really impacted me. The money was appalling. I was getting blamed if someone committed the crime. And at 25, yeah. I was like, this is what like this does not make sense why would anyone choose to stay in this job so the only thing that I was doing at the time was in the gym so I got into my my own fitness journey around 21 that was the only thing that I was doing so I was like okay just let me go and do a PT qualification I enjoy being in the gym so let me just do that at this time I was on Instagram and I was known as lid fit and I was just posting all of my stuff on Instagram. So I was talking about my fitness journey, all of these different things. So I'd done the PT qualification. I woke up one day and I was like, I'm going to have me noticing and I'm going to leave my job. And I remember sitting around the table with all my family and they all looked at me like I was insane. <laughs> why would you do that? This is the dream job. I don't understand why you'd leave that being a civil servant, which is like seen as a well-paid job yeah. with good benefits. I don't know why you do that and you go to being a PT. PT was almost like looked down upon. It's it's crazy. So I was like, I don't know, but the, I'm just telling you it's what I want to do. And was and you 25 here? Type, 25, yeah. yeah. So I've always been the type of person where I'm like, if I want to do something, I'm going to do it. <laughs> so I handed me notice in. 
I got a job at a gym and I just started building up my PT business. Within about a month, I must have been fully booked with clients. And they started coming to me because I was posting my journey and they were like super inspired. So I personally went through a toxic cycle with the gym. I had no self-worth in a relationship. I had no self-worth as a young woman. And all that happened is it was in a relationship. That relationship ended. And then it just switched over to the gym. Yeah. And my whole self-worth became attached to my body image, how lean I was, how big my bum was, the food I was eating. Could I stick? Could I train enough? Could I be enough? Could I look good enough? So I really got caught up in this toxic cycle. And I was sharing all of this on social media. At one point, I wanted to compete. Why did I want to compete? I do not know, but I wanted to. (laughs) And I got to the point where it was impacting my mental health so much. I openly came on Instagram and I was like, I'm talking about all of these goals that I want to do. I'm over glamorizing the training. I'm so negative in my own head. I was like, I need to pull away from this. I was like, so I'm not going to do that goal of competing. So I went on and I was totally like calling myself out. I was totally honest with my audience. And from that moment, the self-love stuff started unintentionally. So I went from hating my body to try to love my body. I went from eating cold steak and eggs in a Tupperware box to just eating whatever the fuck I wanted. I gained weight. I embraced that I gained weight. And I started just talking about body positivity on Instagram. Well, my PT business blew up because women were coming to me and they were like, I just want to be able to train. And then I want to go out and be able to have a glass of wine without feeling guilty. Or I want to be able to eat a McDonald's on the weekend and not feel like I'm the worst person in the world. And you are the person who makes me feel like... I'm okay to be a woman with curves, eat food and exercise. So back in the day, that wasn't big. It wasn't, yeah. So that came with, you know, comments from PTs. You shouldn't be doing this. You're promoting the wrong thing. And I was like, don't mean to be rude, but get the fuck off my Instagram page. Because if you don't like this, then go away. Because I know what it's like to be so disconnected and critical in my head so if I want to go and have a snack wrap for my dinner for McDonald's I'm gonna go and fucking have the snack wrap like leave me alone when so when them comments started coming through at first because obviously you're not at the in terms of self-worth and doing the the work and stuff where you are mm-hmm. now when those comments started coming in at the start of like this self-love journey and when you made that shift did it get to you a little bit or was you quite good at being like fuck off <laughs> oh yeah I was quite good at being like fuck off because yeah. the thing is is like my the way that I felt about myself I was like no one can ever say anything to me or make me feel in what a certain way I've not made myself feel up here it's so that you had that I'm working, yeah because it's like if I'm working hard to find peace within myself someone on the outside who makes a comment is does not get the right to come in and impact that because I'm yeah. working hard to come away from hating myself every single day. So you can just go away. Like that's mm. not the energy that I need. And also I've always been that type of person who's like, yeah. doesn't really give a fuck. So 
that's where the Instagram started to build. That's where the brand lid fit started to build. The PT business was really taken off. Women started coming to me saying, I don't come to you to train. I come to you because I want to talk to you. They'd be in sessions with me. They'd be paying me to be in the gym and they just talk to me. And they constantly say to me, you should do like therapy sessions or you should do self-love events or you should do brunches. And that many of my clients were saying the same things. I was like, should I do like self-love masterclasses or like, should I just talk about this stuff? And they were like, yeah, please do it. I remember being in the gym and that's, I was with clients. And I remember the one of them said to me, you should be a therapist. So when I'm lying, I put therapy master's courses in. I found one in Edgill and it just resonated so much. And I was like, yeah. okay, I'll apply for it. My clients and exactly what I'm doing so has always guided me into the next thing. So that's what made me apply to for the master's be, to become a therapist. That's what made me started doing brunches. So I just started off doing self-love events in Liverpool for £60 a ticket. At this time I was on, I was giving so much free value away on Instagram, talking all the time, sharing all these tips, done some free workshops. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to charge for my first ever masterclass. And I was shitting myself. <laughs> so that sold out. And I was like, oh, it sold out. And then I done a self-love brunch and that sold out. And I had like 23 women on it. And I was like, I'm onto something here. There must be something. At that point is when I transitioned over into self-love Lydia. Lid fit didn't really fit anymore. Mm. Transitioned over into self-love Lydia. I remember being in the gym with my friends and I was like, I need a new Instagram handle, but I don't really know what to call it. And I was like, I'm just, I'm so scared to let go of Lid fit. And I remember saying to them, mm, so just call myself like self-love Lydia because it's easy, isn't it? And I remember I put it in and that's how the brand came about, self-love Lydia. And from even that, that moment, seemed easy been, though even that name yeah. shit, like do you know what I mean it wasn't yeah. a, right I need to sit down I need to brainstorm ideas it was oh there you go yeah so easy but lid fit was easy lid fit was such a, a such a good brand and it was so easy to create so after the brunches and stuff like things were starting to take off I was still PT in and then lockdown hit and I remember just before lockdown hit, I went on a walk with someone and I was saying, I'd love to just do coach, like not didn't even know about coaching actually. I was like, I'd love to just help women with self-love, but I'm not sure how you do it. And someone said to me, you do know you can be a coach. And I was like, never, ever heard of coaching. So this was 2019. It's like, I've never heard of coaching. I don't know what that is. She gave me a mentor session. I remember I paid like £250 for this mentor session and we sat down and she was like, right, what is it that you want to do? How much do you want to charge? What she offers look like? And I was like, I, I don't know what you're on about. I think you should charge £250 a month for coaching. I nearly flat fell off my chair. I was like, what? It's like, I charge £35 to £40 now for um, PTing and you want me to charge £250 for self-love coaching? Like, I'd never ever heard of that before so it was that mentor session and then I started just doing one-off sessions but they didn't really like vibe with me because I loved to get I loved being deep with women I've always loved the deep conversations January of 2020 I put a post out and I was like I'm going to be offering self-love coaching and I remember putting on the post don't know what it's going to look like yet, but if you feel the pull and you feel like you want to work on your self-love and you resonate with the things that I talk about, I'm offering free calls. 
I got double figures of calls booked in and I got, I think it was about between four and six, I can't remember, between four and six people signed up to that offer at £250 a month. And I, I bet you was like... <laughs> on my bed in my mum's, in my mum's, <laughs> on my bed with my laptop, sat on all of these boxes, like shoe boxes, and I remember doing my first call with someone who paid me to be a coach and I was like... Fuck, I have no idea what I'm doing. It's Not scary, isn't doing. it? It is scary. It's so scary. Um, and it went amazing. She worked with me for three months. She signed up for three months. The other girls that I worked with, it went amazing. I had my first testimonial. And from there, it just built and it built and it built. And then lockdown hit. And I remember being in my bedroom and I was like, I just, I want to create a program. Like I miss working with women. I miss working with groups of women. I want to create a program. So I remember creating like this visual chart and all these colors with me crayons and me pens. And I was like, <laughs> called it this name, Luna, the Luna project I put in the middle of it. And then I was like, okay, what are all of the things that I've done for self-love? And I was like, I've worked on my self-worth. I've worked on my body image. I've understood what self-love is to me. From that I birthed the program called The Divine Transformation. I made it in four weeks and it became a program that reached women worldwide. I love that. It's impacted over 40 women across the world. And it literally took my business from being an idea to having five figure launches. I made in 10 days 22K on a launch. I was like, what the amazing. is going on? It was insane. And for me, it was always about impact. So, and then that is it, like that just from that moment. So I was doing this side by side with the masters. And then from that moment, it's just, it is this now. So that's like, it's like a longer journey, but I think it's so nice to go back into it because it shows you that I never had a plan. And I think people yeah. get so caught up on a plan and it's like, just trust your intuition and just see the breadcrumbs that are being presented to you follow those breadcrumbs and you cannot go wrong that you if this is your purpose and you're following your purpose you can't go wrong with it I think it's one of them you could have easily ignored those breadcrumbs right at the start mm -hmm. and been like nah I'm in my dream job like you say I'm in a good job my family my family will be like shocked if I leave it you could have ignored the fact that you enjoy the gym and all that and you could have just stuck at it and that one decision you probably wouldn't even be sat here right now so it just goes to show when you do that um in terms of like I want to know about so why did you what was the dream when you moved to California so it was to move over there like fully fully right. emigrate so I had a five-year student visa I was studying a master's over there in oh, business right, okay. finance so I was on a student visa and the plan was to do the university, move over there and build a life out there. So I literally let go of everything in the UK, all of my belongings, unattached to anything. But for so long in the gear up to moving to California, I was unattaching from everything. So this is was something that we spoke about for so long. So moving over there, even though I was only over there for like a short period, four and a half months, to let go of that dream, mm. a dream that I'd shared with my partner, a dream that I'd worked towards for years, was like one of the hardest things yeah. to do. It was tough. It was a full grieving process. And is that when you went to Bali afterwards? Did you go to Bali after? Oh, yeah. was it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I came back 
um things were just really really chaotic at that time in like multiple different parts of my life and I'd always felt the call to go to Bali when I was doing my master's I constantly say to my friend I really just want to go to Bali like I have this intuitive call to go there but with the master's and then the move straight after yeah. that like I there was never time to go and then when I came home for my 30th in November and then I made the decision not to go back to California I was like okay I'm making the decision to not go back and this poll was just like Bali just go breadcrumbs again go. breadcrumbs again and it, you know what's really interesting is like all of the decisions that have massively changed my life have been the hardest decision decisions mm. to like quit your job um charge more for your services don't go back to California move to California go to Bali even though you know that like that's going to cause a lot of hair for other people go to Bali they have been the hardest decisions ever to make but like going back to what you said at the beginning of this episode I you you see you feel the energy of making those decisions yeah definitely and you go on my profile you see what's on the on the other side of making those difficult decisions and often the decisions that change your life for the best are the hardest ones to follow through on so yeah it's not easy <laughs> why do you think that is why do you think that the hardest decision kind of leads to the not I don't want to say the biggest results but you know the 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 biggest changes in your life because you're stepping out your comfort zone and mm. it's it's the self trust piece so it's like when you listen to the decision that's hard when you listen to that often the intuitive nudge is just going to be that voice that you hear inside. As women, we are so disconnected from our bodies and we are so shut off from ourselves. We don't trust ourselves. We don't live our lives guided by intuition. So when that voice comes up, that voice is not coming up telling you to do something nice. That voice is usually coming up telling you to do something that's uncomfortable that's scary or something that you know that you need to be doing. That's scary. It triggers the fear. And for you to fully step into that, because you're stepping into the unknown, you have to have an element of self-trust. And a lot of women don't have a lot of self-trust because we've been conditioned to not trust ourselves, to not be in our body, to not be guided by our own intuitive voice. So for us to then act on that, it's literally a contrast of everything that we're taught. So that's why it's uncomfortable because we're stepping into the unknown. And actually they are hard, but it's just an experience. That's how I look at it. Like moving to California was experience. Choosing not to go back was an experience. Going to Bali was an experience. They're just all of these little experiences that we have. We just label them bad or good. It's just life, essentially. Life happens. And it's just, are you going to step into it or are you going to pull away? And this is what I was saying to the girls on the retreat. If something comes up for you or a decision that you want to make, you have two options. You have nothing else. You either step away from it and ignore it and suppress it or you step into it. Because either way, you have to make a decision. Mm. So when you step into it, you're being fucking fearless. Like that takes a lot for a woman to do. So I personally feel like that's why when we step into something, it's harder for us to do. How would, so anyone listening to this who's like, I sometimes hear that voice, but I don't know how to move forward with it. Or if they don't hear it at all right now. And it's just, I think you don't hear it when you're being led by fear too much. That's what I believe Mm. because- I hit like obviously now that I'm kind of I've been through this journey and I, I I completely understand that feeling but I remember back when I was the lowest of my low that voice was pretty much non-existent 
and it was because I was being led by so much fear. How would a woman kind of in your in your kind of mind, how would they come back to that, come back to themselves so that that voice is louder? I think it's it's I don't want to say it's complicated because it's not complicated, but for different women it can be more complex. Mm. And for me, my biggest thing when I show up in any space is to not I always want to be super intentional with the things that I say because I don't want to over, I don't want to oversimplify something knowing that there's so many women out there who experience trauma in the body and they're so disconnected from the body I wouldn't want to say like oh just do this and then yeah. your listeners are listening and think okay well it just it must be me it's a me problem because I can't do that so it's always just intentional for me when anyone asks me this type of question to say it might be a little bit more complicated for you if you're listening and you're disconnected from your body you're disassociated from your body you have you've had trauma before so you don't live in your body it's totally normal if you don't hear that voice that's the work that I'd guide you to do however for women who feel like they can hear the voice or they they are connected to their body in some way just start off with the small ways anyone listening to this actually start off with the small things so simple stupid things like if you're indecisive about breakfast ask yourself the question what do I feel like eating and just listen just pause for a moment and intentionally ask yourself a question because we are so on autopilot it's we don't even stop to ask the question so start with really small things like that wake up in the morning what is it that I feel like doing today and just listen and if nothing comes up, that's absolutely fine. But the more that you you use this, imagine it like a muscle, the more that you give space and you're present with yourself and you're asking these questions, the more you're going to start to hear those whispers, the more you're going to start hearing that inner voice saying, actually, I feel like something sweet today. And then you just, okay, and you act on that. You do whatever it tells you to do. And that is how you can start to strengthen your relationship with your inner voice and then would you obviously like start small like that and then when it comes to the bigger mm -hmm. decisions it's like right 100%. okay I, tr I trust myself a little bit more to make these decisions because I've been listening for the small things kind of thing yeah start off with small if you've never done it before but also understand that when I was in California my inner voice was screaming at me for weeks you don't want to be here. This is not for you. You need to leave. It was screaming at me. By ignoring it, I experienced so much pain because I didn't want to accept what my inner voice was telling me. I didn't want to. It was too painful. So I also want people to know that if you hear that inner voice come up and you're not ready to accept what it's saying, that's also okay. Because in accepting that can come a whole host of decisions that you don't fucking want to make a lot of emotional turmoil, a lot of mm. heartbreak, a lot of whatever can come on the other side of that. It's not just going to come up in these decisions where it feels scary and it only impacts you. Like it it can come up in situations where you don't want it to come up and you resist and butt against that. One of the things I will say is when that happens, we're stuck in this cycle of pain. So I think it's for you as well, if you're listening to this, Get really fucking honest with yourself about your life, about how unhappy you are. Maybe you're miserable. Maybe you desire more. Maybe there's things you wish you could do. 
Maybe you're so unhappy and you're tired of critiquing your body. When you get face to face with yourself and you're truly vulnerable about the impact of ignoring that inner voice and how it's impacting you, again, the ball's in your court. Do you want to stay in that pain? Because eventually that pain is, is going to become fucking unbearable and you won't be able to run away from it. Or the, the alternative is you'll just shut away, you'll disassociate from your life and you'll be unhappy. You won't really feel much. You won't really feel much about yourself. You'll be going through the motions. You'll be looking forward to the weekends because you don't have to do that job that you fucking hate. Mm. And you'll start to notice that you're just so disassociated from life. When you're disassociated, you don't feel joy. You don't feel love. You don't feel happiness. You don't feel all of these emotions just for feeling them. So that's another way that women can get in tune with their inner voice is just when it comes to the big things is just acknowledge that it's okay that you don't have to act on it right now, but also get really honest about what the consequences of not acting on it. Yeah, and I think I like the way you said that because it's like what happened with you when you don't listen to it for a while and then it gets too loud, but then you realize that you had to go there. Like sometimes when you don't listen straight away, it's actually kind of, it's for a reason it's because you have to go there so you come Mm -hmm. out of it and things change even more kind of thing I want to touch on Mm -hmm. judgment because okay I wanted to touch on judgment anyway but you you mentioned something interesting before about how you was working on your judgment towards yourself and then Mm -hmm. when other people try to chip in and judge you was very good at being like and you always have been being very good at like, yeah. absolutely not. But the judgment towards yourself was just huge. Do you think mm. that the fear of judgment from yourself is sometimes a lot more intense from the fear of judgment from others? 100% in my, yeah. in my experience, because you are the person that you have throughout this whole entire life when you judge yourself as an adult there's an inner child within you that you're judging when you're mean to yourself when you say negative things about your body it's not only you hearing that it's that little girl within you Mm. who's hearing those same things when you are with your thoughts 24 7 when your thoughts then impact your behaviors and you know why you're doing it even if it's on like a subconscious level you know why you're doing these things so that because you're with it constantly is it's consuming and I I think to be with your thoughts and to to critique yourself so much and to never feel happy with yourself is fucking exhausting and that's the thing that was like for me I made a promise to myself in 2018 and I was like you are never ever coming back to this space ever again of feeling this way with your with your body with yourself and that comes into play if I ever get times where I have a bad image uh, period I remember that and I'm like you made that promise that you were never going to go back there because it would be non-stop every single time I walked past the mirror every single time I went oh my god I resonate with what you say clothes on every every morning the first thing I would do was get out of bed and look at how flat my stomach was in the mirror and if it didn't look flat enough that was my whole mood ruined for the whole day it was crazy so is judgment from other people difficult yeah but those people are not standing over your bed when you open Mm. your eyes in the morning my thoughts were there straight away 
the till the minute I went to sleep and closed my eyes. You know what? I've never even thought about it that way. I'm just looking outside the window. I don't know if you can see. Can you see? Mm. How unreal is that? Wow. I know. Oh, um, I never thought of it that way because when, when you was doing your um teaching on the mastermind, something mm. that like you know when you remember something from a training and it was you asked a question do you fear judgment and I was like mm. I used to but I don't anymore which is true it is true yeah. on a level like I used to care what people think now I think there's still work to do but I, it's definitely like I couldn't give a shit and then I was like no blah 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 I don't and then you was like right and then you said something and it was like boom you said something about like judging yourself and I was like oh and it's so right, like you are with yourself 24-7. And mm. what you just said then about when I have those days now, like mine weren't really like my, my like the way I looked in terms of like my stomach or my weight or anything. Mine was like my face. I could not look mm. at my face in the mirror. And oh. like you say, as soon as you start, like as soon as I looked in the mirror, I'd, I'd have an anxiety attack. Then I was getting anxious about the thought of, getting anxiety looking in the mirror so it was like this vicious mm. horrible circle and it was it got to the point where I just I hate I like I I genuinely hated myself hated myself mm. and now even when I get a spot if I feel myself going oh I'm like hang on a minute like it's like I remind myself because you're going to get them days I want everyone to know 100%. like 100% yeah even when you do the work and you you like I know I have a love for myself like I've never had before, but you still get those days, right? Like you might be mm -hmm. tired, you might you might be that time of the month and you, you catch yourself like, oh, and then it's, I'm this, as soon as you said that, I'm like, oh my God, because I stand there, I pause and I'm like, hang on a minute, I refuse to get back mm -hmm. even at, at like set a foot back in that a toe, back in that cycle of looking in the mirror and speaking to myself like shit and letting these thoughts kind mm -hmm. of win because that's what it is it's just the thoughts like creeping back in but I think you've explained that beautifully about like thank you with judgment because it is so true you can be like I don't give a shit what other people think but then if you don't check in with yourself and how you're judging yourself you're with you from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep every single mm -hmm. day every single year so I think, yeah, it's it's mad. So I wanted to talk, because you mentioned this as well, the link between trauma and kind yeah. of self-love, judgment and body image. Can we dive mm -hmm. into that? Because I didn't realise well, that either until I started doing this work. <laughs> I, I It was mad. I started doing this work and I realised that it wasn't actually about the way I looked it was about what I'd experienced in the past. And I shut my, my childhood was was actually quite, quite traumatic, but I didn't view it that way oh, wow. because mm -hmm. it was obviously I'd adjusted how I felt about it to, to cope kind of thing when I was mm -hmm. a child. Cause that happens. Obviously you kind of change yeah, your 100%. story. So you, so you, your brain can be okay with what's happening kind of thing. And it's only when I started kind of being like, oh, maybe that was actually a bit fucked up. I was like, mm -hmm. right. And I realized it was absolutely nothing to do with the way I looked. It was all this had kind of burst out and manifested in that. 
So mm-hmm. I know you you kind of love talking about this stuff. So explain yeah. explain what the actual link is. Like you will explain it 10 times better than I could ever. So explain the link between self-love, body image and like trauma. So the relationship with body image and trauma is, you know, trauma is a bodily response. And I think one of the biggest things I would say is like, a lot of people who've experienced trauma, they don't actually understand what trauma is. You know, we don't go into schools and be like, this is trauma and this is what it is. And so not many people understand that trauma is a, it's it's a bodily response to something when your nervous system is overwhelmed. And what happens is you get overwhelmed and your nervous system responds. So you might either fight, flight or freeze, you know, whichever one. So because the trauma is stored in your body and the emotion is in your body, what that means is in order to protect yourself and to keep that trauma at bay, you just disassociate. So you will see this in a lot of women when I do work around self-love or I do, and I do work around body image, especially now I'm going into the somatic work. You know, I'm going to be training in breath work. I'm going to be looking potentially at doing some shamanic sexual training. So I'm really able to help women drop into the body and release all of this trauma that they saw so especially for, for women and young girls, a lot of our trauma is sexual, not all of it. A lot of it is. A lot of it is around rejection of self. A lot of it is around abandonment of self. So we shut down, which means you tend to not be able to feel from here downwards. Now, if you imagine you live your whole life outside or like disconnected from yourself, well, you're not going to like what's here. And especially if this has been a result of the trauma that you've experienced, a way to cope with that for a lot of women is to reject self. So you will often see a lot of women who've experienced sexual trauma. And you read a lot of articles where they put weight on. I've worked with clients where they were really into fitness, into health, something happened and they put weight on because they were like, I don't want anyone looking at me. They start yeah. dressing different, they can't take care of themselves anymore. They almost like let themselves go and they're not really, they don't understand why. And it's because what we often do is we reject. So because it's so painful to deal with. And also the other thing with like body image and trauma is it's an element of control. Now it may not make sense because if you are thinking, well, why would I want to hate myself? Or why would I want to reject my body if I've experienced trauma? You don't do these things naturally with the thought process occurring of okay so I'm going to disassociate and yeah I'm going to hate my body five years later and then <laughs> that's how it's going to be this just all naturally occurs and it naturally occurs without you having to put any thought into it because what your body is consistently trying to do is protect you so if in protecting you from that trauma and that feeling you you reject yourself well that's the safer option but it doesn't make sense that it's the safer option, but it is the safer option because that means you don't have to go into the trauma. So when you start to come back home to yourself and when you start to work on that self-love, essentially what you're doing is you're coming back into your body, you're coming back into yourself. If you've experienced trauma, that trauma is a part of you. It's in your body. I always used to say to people, trauma has no time frame. It doesn't matter if it happens when you were a child. Mm. It doesn't matter if it happened 10 years ago. When that trauma comes up, you are back in that back moment in that body. within an instant. Yeah. Your body is going to react as if the trauma is happening right now. And I think for a lot of people as well, that's fucking terrifying. That's 
for your body to disassociate the feeling that you must be having must be terrifying it must be overwhelming it's so much fear it's so triggering who the fuck would openly want to open that kind of worms again nobody mm. would that's why safe spaces are crucial for me so crucial because we don't just dive straight into it a woman has to feel safe and then when she feels safe what happens is her body naturally starts to bring the trauma she has no control of it so we saw this on the retreat we've done a breathwork session one of the girl's foot it only started with a foot shaking and she had to stand up because she got a little bit of dead leg and me and the other co-facilitator were looking at each other and we were like something's gonna come here and she had no idea what was coming and neither did any of us so we could see it and it just took over her whole body and she the anger came out and she was shaking and she was it was like she was in a fight it was yeah insane to witness and she'd always been disconnected so she didn't know that was in there and part of that disconnect meant that she hated the body and she never had any self-love and there was a part of her that was saying, this is not for me. Like, self-love's not really for me. She listened to that whisper, which brought her to the retreat. Yeah. But for all of her life, she'd been like, oh, yeah, like, it's it's not really for me. And then she'd done the self-love work, which was the surface level self-love work of, you know, let me change the outfits I'm wearing and let me yeah. do some meditation and let me do those affirmations and then I'll go on Instagram and I'll just like post like I'm the bad bitch. And she was telling me all of this. And then she come to the retreat and she was like, that was not self-love at all. She was like, I was just so disconnected and so scared to come into my body that like, that's what I told myself self-love was. So it's so intertwined. It's unbelievable. Like most of my clients that I work with have experienced trauma of some form um and that's also why this work is just the most beautiful amazing work I could ever do because to see a woman come home to her own body and feel safe in her body when she's felt so unsafe for so long and she might not even know that she feels unsafe in it but for her to be able to reconnect to her body and move in her body and feel joy in her body and joy in herself I'm just like I and I, there's nothing else in this world I would ever want to be doing other than that. So it's so interlinked. So I hope that was like a nice way of explaining it, a simplified way of explaining it. It was, <laughs> it was. How, how would, how would a woman know that she's feeling disconnected from her body? Because, like you say, it's not always like really obvious. They might not know. No. What, what, what are the key signs that people kind of need to look for, or get? I think, I think get to look for, rather than need. I think just the way that you carry yourself. So if you go, I have a highlight on my Instagram, actually, that was around, it's called embodiment. The way that you move. So a lot of women who are disassociated from their body, they can't move like fluid. So I always describe it as like, imagine liquid honey is pouring out of you or running through your veins. So a woman who's disconnected from her body, she will be stiff and like, quite masculine and she she won't know how to find joy in her body a woman who is connected to her body will be able to move and the hips are open and you will see she's able to trap like channel that energy up open energy within the hips is another big thing so you will see that if you do any yoga classes do you have like pain or stiffness in your mm. hips that can be where you're carrying some you know energy of trauma if you just don't feel joy in your body like trauma takes away joy 
because you don't want to feel anything. So the opposite of that is joy in your body, movement, little things like listening to music. Do you listen to music and do you feel the rhythm of the music? Mm. Do you naturally feel your body moving? It's like for me, I can't listen to music and sit still. I just can't do that. Like the rhythm will just take over me or if I am sitting holding space, you will always see me moving because I'm very in tune with my body. So the energy will just organically move me. So if you find that you sit and you're very still in your body, you don't really feel anything in your body, then maybe you struggle to feel your emotions. In the workshop, we'd ask girls, like, if, if they do that, do they feel it? Can you feel your body? Mm. I know that sounds crazy, but do you feel sensations of your body? If you tap, do you feel it? That's another way to notice if you disassociate. And another way as well as if you're very cognitive. If you're super cognitive, so you think everything, you explain everything when you're emotional about something or if you're relaying an experience, it's very linear, like, in yeah. your mind. Can you like be embodied in what you're talking about? And can you be like quite somatic with the way that you're explaining things? So that's another way, another big way. If you're like quite cognitive with your approach to life and yourself and your experiences. When we did the, the I said masterclass then, when we did the training on the mastermind, mm -hmm. you, yeah. I can't remember what it was, but you mentioned something about like judging yourself or body image and it was like when when you're on a call, do you do like touch your hair? Do you touch your like mm. these little what does that matter? Because I remember thinking about that and that stuck as well, but I can't remember what, what you was explaining about it. Was it something to do with judgment or do you know what I'm John? No, so that is that came from my um master's research that I done and it was okay. one of the findings. And it's linked to women being able to self-actualize. So what this is linked to is the the impact that body image has on women's ability to self-actualize, so reach their highest potential. Okay. So one of the ways that we self-actualize in life is we are in these flow states. So you will see athletes have these flow states, writers, performers, where nothing else matters. A lot of men experience these flow states more than women. The thing that brings women out of flow states is the fiddling it's the oh how like alpha and these are so subtle like i was saying in the in the mm. workshop you won't even realize that you're doing it i do so now if you are <laughs> <Since> yeah, then. <laughs> yeah you'll notice it all the time so if you are in a workshop or or if you're in a cafe and you're doing work or let's say you're a woman and you do talks or you're doing a business meeting and in the middle of saying something or in the middle of typing something, a thought will come in of, does my belly look stupid in this? You're training mm. in the gym, prime example, you're mid-set, you're really working out, you're feeling good, a thought will come in, oh, do I look like stupid in this? I wonder if someone's looking at me behind, like, oh, I'm sweating through my leggings, like I need to adjust them. Or if you're in a meeting and you, you think, oh, I wonder if people are looking at me, what does my hair look like? That's taking you out of your flow state. And is it is it a straightforward thought like that? Or is it, say, so I do this a lot when, when I've got my hair down. If I'm on a podcast, if I'm doing a solo podcast or if I'm doing content, I like fiddle with my hair a lot. And I don't know if it's because I care, like I'm just going to get trying to get my head around. Is that 
like a deeper thought of I'm worrying about what I look like and that's breaking my float state or is it when you actually have the thought you know it's like I mean? when you have yeah it's more like when you have the thought right because I okay. always so like if this I have fidgets with yeah. my head and stuff at night or um if I have a ring on I usually play with my ring however what I'm saying I've not nothing's broken what yeah. I'm saying I'm able okay. to talk I'm in flow state nothing's pre-planned what I'm saying on this podcast mm. so I'm in flow right now nothing's brought me out of that whereas okay. if I had a thought and then that caused me to lose my train of thought that interrupted my flow state okay so that's the difference between it so if you're someone who just like fiddles with their hair and stuff that's just something that you might do you just do it mm. but if you are worried about people judging you or you're worried about what you look like or essentially it links to this theory called other than self just to give a little bit of context so other than self is a theory around how as women we are not we don't live for ourselves so what that means is we are conditioned to always be an outsider and view ourselves as others would view us so if we mm. walk into a shop oh my God, are these people going to look us? If we wear a top, are people going to judge my arms? If we have a gym outfit on, what are other people going to think? If we make a decision to start a business, what are other people going to think? Men don't have that same experience. Women have that experience. So we do not grow up with like autonomy of ourselves. So we don't make decisions based on our own perception. We base we base decisions based on how other people are gonna judge us. Or how so we think this, other people are gonna judge us. Or how we think other people <laughs> are gonna judge us. So that comes down to all of this social condition. Oh my god, what's he gonna think of my belly mm. if he's having sex with me? Like, do I look fat? Like, does my makeup look okay? Like, oh, do I need a little bit of Botox? Are people gonna it's never ending? So that theory is what brings us out of like these peak flow states so if you feel like you switch into that you're you're wondering how other people are viewing you that's when it's interrupting your flow state yeah and because women experience all of consistently these flow states being interrupted that impacts our ability to self-actualize which means that women are never reaching their fullest potential which then has social and economic impacts which is what i'm going to be studying my phd about i uh interesting yeah. I fucking yes. love that so oh I know we've been on for ages but like do you think that we're conditioned like this I don't want to say on purpose and it's so we literally spoke about this yesterday as well in the podcast it's so interesting do you think that we're society conditions women in that way on purpose because they don't want us to reach our full potential because if we do the whole of society would fucking crumble kind of thing yeah it does it is on purpose it's a weapon and it's a weapon because a woman's image is something that she's incredibly insecure about so I obviously doing all of the research because you know this yeah. is I'd say academically what I am specialized in is like body image and stuff women started women's bodies started to be used against them and women's beauty started to be used against them the moment that they were in positions where they could get power yeah so women became when women like way back became more liberated that's when you started to see the media really contort this idea of what women should look like the whole diet industry 
So it is 100% something that is used as a weapon, the same way sexual violence is used as a weapon You, because of the impact that it has on women. So we are so conditioned to have this experience of being disconnected from ourselves as early as the age of like five, four or five. Like when I was doing my research and reading into it, it's like as early as four kids in like preschool in America are talking about like the fact that they're fat and they don't look like Barbie. Oh my goodness. Like it's so ingrained in us because if you think about the amount of time and space that takes up, you cannot give your all into anything else. Mm. Like you can't put that amount, you can't put all of your focus into something else if you're worried about what you're eating and being healthy and being in the gym and being beautiful and all that you reaching those standards and it might seem crazy listening to that thinking oh well it doesn't take up that, that much time it does oh fucking yeah. become conscious of your thoughts and your behaviors for a day and you will see how much time it takes up. and you don't even realize how much time it takes up it takes up so much time how much time as women do you think we spend in the mirror compared to men? Like when it's I was mental. in uni, I do a full face of makeup, do my hair, pick an outfit, get fully ready. Now I'm just like, this is my face. Yeah, I say. moisturizer on. What's important to me? Is it the fact that I look pretty when I go outside? Or is it the fact that I've got shit to do and I'm like making an impact in this world? It's that I'm making an impact in this world and I've got shit to do. We're like, oh, 21-year-old me, she would not have went, of dreams of going out without a makeup on. I literally did a post on this yesterday. Like, I, and, and it's so nice now, though, because when you do get ready and you do put makeup on, like, mm-hmm. I make it a whole ritual, mate. Like, honestly, I put some music yeah. on, I dance about, and I do it for me. I don't do it mm-hmm. wondering how I'm going to be perceived by others. I do it for me to make me feel good. And I think that switch... It's amazing. It is incredible. When when you had that switch, was it like, because I always like describe it as this, was it like you had a blindfold on your whole life and then the blindfold mm-hmm. got took off and you was like, and then you started to realise like all that we just talked about, like we're conditioned. You started to see yourself for who you was. What moment mm-hmm. do you think it was your blindfold come off? Can, is it like a clear, do you have a memory I don't know. I think it for me, it was probably like when I come out of the depths of like toxic gym workouts and okay. fucking unhealthy eating and starting to put weight on and then feeling sexy as fuck. And then I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm not meant to feel sexy. Like I've been trying to come away from being curvy for so long. And it was almost like this smack in the face of you've been trying to strive towards looking this way and all that was happening is you were pulling further away from like actually what would make you happy. And I remember I'd be in the gym training. I just feel sexy as fuck. I like big legs, big bum, like belly because I've got like a natural bump at the bottom of my belly. Mm. And that used to, oh, the headspace that used to take up was like so toxic. And I remember just like being in the gym and being like, Oh my god, not on top. It's like the world's not burned down. It said anything. You feel sexy. You've not looked in the mirror today. You feel good. 
And then what I realized is like, that's where I started first understanding about like sexual energy and sensuality as a woman, but not needing to put it out to anyone. Yeah, not needing to get validation from it. Just feeling sexy for feeling sexy in my body. So that was like a really big moment actually, because for so long I was like, fucking hate my body. This makes me unworthy. And then to embrace that, I was like, oh, this is how it gets to be. And this is amazing. Yeah. Mine's really weird. This is going to sound so strange. I wore glasses for, I don't even know how long. I'd say like three years, four years Mm -hmm. when I didn't even need them because in my mind, they hid my face. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, just like crazy. I like I got them originally because I got headaches, but I didn't need them to see. And then they broke, and then I started buying like, (laughs) oh, you know them really shitty glasses from the chemist, and it's like it's got plus one, minus one. Like it must have been fucking up my eyes because they're like I I couldn't see with them on. They made my eyesight worse, but they hid my face. And then one day I like, I was just like, but when I started doing this work, I snapped the glasses and I was shitting it. Cause I used to go out on nights out without them and have them in my bag, get anxious as fuck and have to put them on. So then one day, yeah, in my head, I was like, I actually like, I need to get out my comfort zone and show myself that like you say, the world's not going to burn down. If I go outside yeah. with no makeup on, never used to wear my hair scraped back because I had a big fringe because I thought it hid my face. Wow. And I went out, hair back, no glasses on, and I was like, oh, okay. And then the blind, like, that's when, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's when the blindfold come off of me and I started to realise, like, and I just started to, like, love myself a lot more. Like, does it I really fucking matter? Do you know what I mean? Like, as long as, like... You ju- I think you just start to see that the way you look is such a small percentage of who you are, like the mm. smallest part of who you are. It's amazing to be in tune with your body, but like you're just so much more than your appearance. Like like you say, and when you've got a mission as well and something to do, like you've got absolutely no time for that to be in your mind because you, you're fo- no. laser focused. You are. Yeah. And also like pulling away from that makes personally for me I found makes aging like just powerful as fuck like I, I used to be shit like, scared hey. and I mean yeah. like it's it used to take up again so much energy so much thoughts because I used to think about oh, what am I going to look like when I'm old because I already thought I looked really old so then it oh my god it was used to be a massive fear yeah and that women become more powerful as they get older and mm. that's the reason why there's this concept of women in the prime and young women and it's because they want to keep women believing that that's us in our prime we're the most naive young (laughs) unexperienced version of ourselves between the age of what 18 to 24 but it's when we're the most attractive so there's a reason why you see all of these men dating younger women and all of this stuff it's because it's it's we're made to believe that that's us in our prime yeah but actually when you start to get older you realize oh like I realize I'm like now I'm in my fucking prime never mind when I'm in my 50s like now yeah this is my time and it's and I've just turned 30 and it's so exciting and one of the things I just want to say before we wrap it up is that even if you don't struggle with body image like self-image issues are still important and like you still have a voice and you're still able to 
take up space and talk about your experiences and the reason why I say that is because one of the girls on the retreat in her feedback form she said that you know people had always kind of brushed it off and minimized their experiences she had acne and minimized her experience because she had a gorgeous body and she never struggled with body image and actually what happened and that was she just internalized how she felt and Mm. she could relate to these feelings of feeling ashamed and she could relate to these feelings of not feeling enough but other women never really give her the space and she didn't really feel like she could take up the space so it's super important if you're listening to this and you feel good in your body but there's something else that really impacts you to do with your image to know that that's just as as valued and deserves space and deserves like to be spoken through the same way someone struggling with body image does yeah 100 percent. that was amazing that was incredible honestly i loved that conversation we have a closing tradition so a rose a bud and a thorn right so your Mm -hmm. rose is something that is going incredibly well in life like top Mm -hmm. tier your bud is something that you're working on and then you mm. thought it just screams hot mess, like proudly import perfect. It's a bit up in the air. You're gonna you're gonna see to it kind of thing, but it's just a bit all over the show at the minute. Okay, so my thorn mm. is just like my life in general after being back on Bali. <laughs> like I have no stage just life. life. <laughs> I have no call. <laughs> just life. I sold all my belongings like a year ago. So I've come back and I literally own two suitcases worth of stuff. So that's the shit show at the minute. But it's we move. I've been wearing the same clothes for like going into six months now, reinventing them a little bit. That's the shit yeah. show. <laughs> the rose, I would say, is my relationship itself. Like that is fucking stunning and outstanding. And also like the how connected I'm feeling to the vision and the mission, especially after the retreat. Like it's just mm-hmm. insane. And then the board what's that what what, what, what is a work in progress yeah like what you're focusing on working on at the minute uh my relationship work in progress yeah after the reconnection after Bali right so they're my three things I love that little tradition that's so cute yeah it's nice to hear everyone's different like thing it originally originally was going to be because obviously proudly imperfect it was just going to be like what's your hot mess but I thought, no, mm. it'll be nice to, to kind of see where everyone's at. But yeah, That's tell so everyone nice. what you've got coming. Thank you. Tell everyone what you've got coming up or what, you, what you've what you kind of, how they can get hold of you and yeah, how they can touch base with you. Well, you can find me on Instagram, South Love Lydia. I have a podcast, which is called Little Girls Aren't Taught This. So you can listen to that, hang out on my IG, I will, how you can work with me, you can work with me online. I'm going to be bringing out some self-love programs at different tiers. If you're based in the area, you can come down and do them face-to-face. And I would always say to people, just drop me a message because my work is like so complex. Mm. It's like, just drop in, say hi. If you're feeling like you want to work with me, if you feel like the self-love work is something that you want to do just drop me a DM we can have a chat and I can see what fits you best amazing well thank you so much I'll put your thing in the um bio as well so if you do want to go and check that out a link will be in 
the little information bit. But honestly, that that was incredible. Thank you so much for coming on. I know people will get a lot out of this one. So I'm very grateful for you Thank coming you on. Thank you so much for having. And I'd love to know if people do get stuff out of it because when you do these episodes, you never know when it's like yeah. an expert, do you? So if anyone has any feedback or anyone sends you any feedback, please let me know because I love oh, it. Oh, 100%. 100%. Well, thanks for listening, guys. I'll catch you next time. Bye. Thank you.